Hello and welcome to the Jackcast, the Swansea City podcast. I am Gittleth Willen and with me this evening is Steve Carroll. How are you, Steve? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Very good, very good. Um, Matt sends his apologies. He will not be able to um, join us tonight, which is a shame because we have loads to discuss. Um, I mean, the last podcast before the season starts, it's always going to be jam-packed. We're going to be doing our predictions. We're going to be asking what we can expect from this season. But, Steve, first and foremost, we've got a new manager to discuss. And um, it's it's probably, I would say, as good as we could have hoped for in the situation that we found ourselves in. Yeah, I um, I agree with that, really. I mean, we're... You know, we're not the pull that maybe we've um, we've been in the past. As obviously we, we've lost some of our our better players now from from last season. There's, the parachute money has dried up and all that type of thing. So it's it's a bit of a rebuild job really now, isn't it down here? But I think appointing somebody that believes strongly in the Swansea way, bringing that identity back, which I think was lost under the last manager, regardless of what anyone says about results or anything like that. I think that definitely is the the right way to go, and as well, um, Russell Martin uh, gave a lot of minutes to young players at, at MK Dons as well. So that's also something that we're going to have to do. So yeah, I'm I'm really pleased with uh, with the appointment. I'm not sure about you. Yeah, I I think the 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 general reaction from Swansea fans is is one of excitement, and I think it's understandable because he just feels like a Swansea City manager. He is. Very, very well. He's just glued to his principles when it comes to style of play. Um, and I remember listening to a lot of people discuss the MK Dons last season and the fact that you know they did play this, um, you know, really entertaining and ambitious style of football. Didn't always get the results um, uh, it, it probably deserved, which is um, something which uh, would have been a very familiar story for Swansea fans back in the day. But uh, I mean, when you look at the the stats. Um, MK Dons by far and away the 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 best possession stat in the in the in League One last season was sixty percent. Um, by far and away the best pass completion rate uh, last season with eighty three percent. To put that into perspective, I mean the Swans had an average of about fifty percent possession last season. I know pass completion rate was seventy three percent, which was the lowest it's been since the pre Martinez era. So, you know this is a manager who um, plays the game in a very different way to what we have been used to over the last two years. And I think that's what a lot of fans did demand. The big question, of course, is, you know, can that yield results then at Swansea? Um, because obviously it's been pointed out as well. The MK Dons finished 13th in League One last season, which isn't, you know, it, it, it isn't uh, headline news, I would say, um, Steve. Uh, I know he took over the club the previous season when they were in the bottom four, um, took them to safety in 2019-20, and then, you know, last season, um, you know, brought them a, a very respectable mid-table finish, but um, certainly, um, you know, rarely looked like they were going to um, challenge for, for the top six. Um, does, it, does it concern you then that perhaps the, the results... Um, side of things is not as impressive as uh, as the possession stats and pass completion rates. I think that probably um, is fair. Um, I suppose the, the the real thing is though you've got to look at it a bit deeper sometimes, and I think the their wage bill was slashed by one to two million last year, for example. So 
you know, it's it can be difficult as well, and to to try and build something when you're you're trying to cut costs and you look at it like that. There's still an improvement there, isn't it? I think what the probably the, the major criticism of of the, his team last year would probably have to be in both boxes because I mean, there's a, you look at their XG for example, and they should have been far higher. So that indicates maybe they're they're not taking as many chances as they should, and also probably gifting some some poor goals. I mean. If you want to play out from the back, and there quite inevitably is a degree of, of teething pain because when you do make uh, mistakes, um, which you will when you want to play that way, obviously the chances are that you're going to let the opposition have a decent chance at goal and then you can often get punished for it then. So I think that's probably where the, the criticism would come in. But I mean, my argument would always be that if you're going to play that way, then you will always improve. So you, you've just got to be patient with it, I think. And I think that's something that's that we're going to find now. I mean, I think when Roberto Martinez um, took the job, I know initially he he did quite well, but then the next season where we moved more towards um, the style of play that, that he wanted, I think it did take a couple of months really for for us to take off. I remember we went to Oldham on the opening day, we gave him a hide-in, but we ended up losing by conceding a penalty early on and then and gifting a, a soft goal um, at the end of the game then as well. And it was really frustrating, but you could see the signs and, you could see we were improving and, and if we were going to play like that most weeks and go to places and dominate games, then the results will follow eventually. You just have to be a bit patient with it. So I think that's what we'll be we'll be looking for, really. I mean, there is going to be some short-term pain with this, I would have thought, especially when you consider, obviously, he's coming in less than a week before the, the first competitive game of the season, really. So I think that's going to be the, the main thing for us, really, isn't it? We, we are going to have to be patient. I was a football club. This is... Um, this is a rebuild, but I think uh, what his motto is trust the process, and I think that's what we're going to have to do, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, apologies, it took less than five minutes for us to uh, utter the words XG. Um, so um, it's 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 sadly something that I think we're going to be discussing a lot over the coming season with uh, Russell Martin. It was you know a big thing with MK Dons last season. They were in the I think they were in the top six for XG in League One last season, despite finishing thirteenth, and that was often obviously pointed to as uh, a reason to trust the process, as uh, he would often say at uh, at the Dons. Um, I mean, you've said that, um, you know, the, 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 the short-term pain and the fact that he's he's only got a week to prepare. Um, I guess my next question is, do, are the, uh, does he, I mean, he's he's the kind of manager that, that we've wanted at, at Swansea, I think, but does he have the squad to, to suit his demands and, and his style because I mean you, you talk about Martinez there and the fact that it took a few um, a few weeks in, the, in his first proper season here to, to really get the style clicking and there were a few teething problems at the start but that was after an entire pre-season and after a couple of weeks at the helm the previous season he also already had quite a number of, um, of, of good footballers at the club when he arrived and he was able to bring in uh, a lot of you know really cultured footballers as well to ones who were suited to playing that style. Martin is not going to have that luxury, at least not in the immediate future. I mean, how 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 easy is or difficult is it going to be for him to get the squad that we have now, which has been so used to playing Steve Cooper's style of football, to adapt it to his to his standards. It's not going to be easy, is it? Mainly because obviously we're up against a certain time frame, and every manager does need a certain amount of results as well. So it is difficult, isn't it? I think. I mean, I said to you off air, didn't I, about when Graham Potter came in and he did have that full preseason. 
And in that Sheffield United game, um, uh, which was the first game of that season, you could immediately see the improvement and the way that we wanted to play. It was by no means the finished article, but you could see that we were on the right track again. Now, if this manager had had that time, I think you'd see the same thing again. But it's going to be difficult, I think, um, you know, to try and... Obviously, all footballers should be capable of, of playing with this style of football, but they're, they're not used to it at this moment. So, you know, I think we... You know, patience is is going to be um, the word, isn't it? I mean, you, you mentioned about Martinez there. Obviously, he brought in um, a lot of incredibly good players, really, didn't he, for on the cheap? And I think it was probably a joint effort with him and Kevin Reeves. I mean, the, the great story, wasn't there, of um, I think a flight got cancelled, so he went to a random game, and that's how Angel Rangel ended up uh, joining Swansea. It was just a little bit of fate, a bit of luck, really. So... I think that the big thing is obviously Andy Scott is already here. We think some of the signings this summer are probably quite influenced by him. So, you know, we, we there's players out there. I think that's that's the other thing. I mean, you look at the squad at the moment, I'm sure we'll come on to it later, but we I mean we are short of, I would say, numbers and of of quality really in, in certain positions, aren't we? So um that's something that we're gonna have to look at as well, isn't it? I mean, let's let's discuss it now. He he's um, inheriting a squad which I think everybody would agree has um, is is quite um, significantly lower on quality than the one we had uh, at the end of last season. Um, and in my opinion, it's it's a, a squad which has a number of gaps in it. Um, we don't have you know any proper wingers in the in the team. I would suggest. I mean, you could point to somebody like Lowe, who who did who used to play as a winger, but hasn't done so now for a while. Um, didn't didn't even play as a winger at, at Wigan really um, before before ca- coming to the Swans and has really you know settled in the middle. I don't I I think he's better there now than he is out wide. Um, he's pretty much our only first team winger unless you know Martin decides to bring in Garrick. Um, we have one real number ten in in Yandanda. Um, I, I mean, if Matt Grimes leaves, which is you know being um which according to some is is something that we should really expect to happen uh, rather than fear to ha- fear happening um i mean i i think central midfield could look a little threadbare especially with buyers set to leave which um is something we may discuss a bit later um i i, I just think there are quite a few gaps there that need to be filled what what are the priorities as far as you're concerned um i think the big thing um, I would say, really, is the lack of like creativity and pace in the team. I mean, as you say, the lack of um, of wide men. I mean, you know, you, you didn't mention Garrick there, for example. I mean, is he going to get a chance under the, uh, the next manager? Um, that would be something I'd definitely be keen on, certainly at least from the bench or something like that. Um, I mean, and then you look at, obviously, Hurahan, for example, left now. I know he wasn't maybe as, as stood out as, as much as we would have liked, but... That's a player who, if he's here for the full season, is probably going to get you 10 goals. So, I mean, I look at the current midfield and I, I don't see many goals in there. Um, so that concerns me, really. I mean, I mean you look at up, up front even. We have brought some strikers in, but I mean, if you add the the age of uh, Piro, Joseph and Cullen together, they still don't reach the retirement age. And there's not many games that have been played in there either. So, you know, I mean, you're looking at striker. I know Martin did play um, with wingbacks, for example, at um, MK Dons. And, if we're going to do that, I'd probably say we need another centre-half because at the moment we've got um, Bennett and Cabango, probably the first choice, and then there's Latta Baudier and Brandon Cooper. But I'd say we probably need another one if we're going to go to a back three. So th- there's definitely positions that, that need strengthening. Um, 
you know, some quite urgently, really, I would say, because as I say, I mean, can you see, do, do you see much of a goal threat from us? Because I, I don't at this present moment. No, that that's the main issue for me is that creativity. I just, I just, we've got quite a lot of strikers, but but nobody there to create the chances for the strikers. I mean, Danda is, I think if we, we were putting it kindly, you'd say that he blows hot and cold. Um, I think he's, you know, I, I I've I've always liked Danda, but it it's getting to the stage now where he has to, you know, really step up the mark and prove that he is actually going to um, become a, a a quality, you know, championship number ten, which is something we haven't really seen from him so far. Um, but other than him, I mean, the, the, there are no other creative players in, in midfield. And last season, you know, we saw that our most effective creators were our wing-backs, Bidwell and, and, and Connor Roberts. Um, you know, that that to me, you know, says, says a lot about how good they were last season, but also says a lot about the deficiencies further up the pitch. Um, so I think that that has to be a priority. And I, I know in pre-season we've played this front three of... Um, uh, Low, uh, Cullen, and um, and Whitaker. I'll be honest that the thought of that being our regular lineup um, terrifies me. I I just do not see that working at all. You've got three strikers there. None of them are brilliant creators. Um, I I just think it'll be messy and won't be conducive to good build-up uh, play at all. If I'm being honest, I I think it's you know the kind of thing that Cooper would have would would have done last season. Um, so I um yeah I'm I'm not a fan of that, and I'd love to see a few more creative players come in to 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 create chances for some of these strikers. Um, but um, you know hope, hopefully. The club will see it the same way and and see it that way. I get I get the um, the the, the centre back one as well, um, but I I do think there is quite a bit of quality there. Um, not as much. Yeah, I think it's more of a numbers thing there. Really, yeah. If you want to play yeah. with, like, say, three at the back, as I say, because then if you get one injury or suspension, then you are down to the bare bones. And obviously, we're looking at Brandon Cooper, who's very inexperienced, really. There, isn't it? There's definitely bigger priorities, isn't there? But at the same time. You can see if you want to play that way. It's something we probably need to look at, isn't it? I, I'd have said if, if Connor Roberts wasn't missing for the first few months of the season with injury, um, I'd say, fine, you can leave that because Norton deputises as a, as a centre-back if, if, if you need to. But he's going to be playing as a right-back, you'd, you'd imagine now, um, for, for, for the you know start of the season at least. So that just leaves you another man short of the back. Um, I mean, bottom line, we've got shortages. We've got, we've got, you know, problems. Um, the fact that Liam Walsh went off injured uh, against Southampton uh, in the last preseason match, I think, probably, unfortunately, gives us um, some kind of um, warning of things to come with him. His, you know, he's he's looked a very good player since he arrived. He was, he looked, he's looked a very good player elsewhere during his career. But injuries have been his problem, and um, you do have to wonder how how often we are actually going to be able to see him on the pitch. Um, and and I don't think we can really expect him to play a full ninety minutes regularly. So, you know, little things like that just add to the need for for more numbers in certain positions. Um, but and and it it is going to make life a bit more difficult for for Martin over the um, over the first few weeks of the season. Um, that that that's the truth of the matter. And he's w- without the preseason, he's he's using these opening games basically as a chance to test out different formations, different personnel, and get to know his squad while having to pick up points. Because as much as we 
you know, Steve, as much as we say that we, you know, style is is the priority, etc. We do need the points. You know, it's not a beauty contest. We do need to to make sure that we um, that we start off the season reasonably well and don't get ourselves into too much trouble. Yeah, in some ways, it's a little bit of a balance, isn't it? I mean, if you want to completely change a style of play, it, like I said, the, the short term pain will will come with it inevitably, and sometimes maybe you have to maybe not quite go so extreme straight away. I mean, uh, that's not the type of thing I really want to say because I think that when you've got a full pre-season, you, that's when you can do it. But it does make it difficult, really, at times, doesn't it? I mean, you, I'm looking at the... You know, there's, I think there's five games in August. I mean, if we weren't to win any of them, then that, it just becomes slightly concerning, doesn't it? I mean, I think we'd be, you know, on this podcast, probably fairly relaxed, but it'd certainly be maybe some of the fans that would be getting concerned. So... Yeah, you, you just need to just keep ticking over, really. I don't think anyone's expecting uh, miracles this season, anyway. But um, you you always need some results just to you know just to buy you time and just to get people believing and all this type of thing, really. So you know, we're do- but we're just gonna have to. I keep saying it; it's probably gonna do everybody's head in. But patience is the key word for this football club this season. There is no quick fix, so we've just got to take the pain that comes with it and. And believe that this is the right way to go, but it will not happen overnight. And that's all we can really say about it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And that brings us on to expectations because I've seen a lot of fans saying, um, you know, something along the lines of, "I, oh, you know, it, 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 we, we don't expect, you know, we, we'd rather see good football than um, challenge for for promotion this season, and a lot of people saying we don't we don't expect playoffs, we don't expect you know um, to be up towards the top end of the table. Um, we'll we'll be happy as long as we see a bit more football being played, etc. To what extent do you think fans are going to stick with that? Because what happens if you know if we do have a slow start the season, say? Because I th- I think last season actually um, the MK Dons had a very slow start to the season. I think they um, failed to win any of their first five games, won only uh, one of their first eight games. I mean, if, if the Swans start the season in that in that fashion, I mean, it, uh, does the focus on style then go out the window and do fans then become a bit impatient and, and start, you know, demanding some Cooper-esque um, gritty results um, uh, to, to make sure that, you know, we're, we're a little bit safer? It's a good question, really, isn't it? I mean, it, it depends. I think there's probably more of the fan base than not that are sort of desperate for this style of play to to come back. I mean, you'll always get some that maybe want results, and that's the, the booty of football, really, isn't it? The the contrasting opinions of, of people. But I do think down here that there might be a degree of more, a bit more patience because of what people want. But at the same time as Swansea, it, it is quite a, a demanding fan base, I would say. So... You know, if, if people are not happy, you, you tend to get told uh, pretty quickly. And I think the last manager sort of got away with the fact that there wasn't a crowd there. He'd have been told in no uncertain terms, I think, that, uh, what people thought at times. But um, it's a difficult one to answer, really, isn't it? And to, and unless that, that happens. I mean, we were, you know, in the other seasons where maybe we weren't sure how we were going to do, we, we managed to get some wins early doors. And then that just immediately takes the, the pressure off, doesn't it? So... It would be great to think if we can get a win in those first couple of games, just to, you know, for that reason, really. But um, you know, it's it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, obviously we've got thirteen thousand season ticket holders, so it's going to the place is going to be pretty full, isn't it? Most weeks, probably more so than 
in any of the other seasons where you know we've since we've been relegated. So it is it's going to be interesting to see what you know what the priority is going to be really for from uh, various fans. I think from my point of view, it's definitely more thinking long term and wanting the style of playback, which I think is similar for you really, isn't it? But um, not everyone's going to feel like that, are they? Yeah, that's the thing. That's that's my attitude. I just wonder how many other people genuinely hold that attitude and to what extent that patience is going to last. And, and, you know, you said that we're a demanding fan base. I don't think anything sums up um, how spoilt a fan base we are more than than the number of people I've said, oh, I'd, I'd take a Potter-style um, season this, this year. Uh, and we're like, you, yeah, of course, we'd all take a Potter-type season. We finished 10th in the league with 65 points and watched some of the most entertaining football I've, I've ever seen down the Liberty. Of course we take that. Realistically, you're setting the bar quite high there um, because this isn't a squad that's really, you know, set up to play that football, I would argue. Um, I, I, With the players that we've lost, I'm wondering where the goals come from to get 65 points. I think the bar needs to be set a level lower. People talk about that Potter season as if it was really mediocre results-wise. We won two fewer games that season than Villa did, and they went up. You know, that that was not a bad season um, results-wise. And if you think it was, then you need to really reassess your your, your focus and, and get your expectations in order, in my opinion. Um, because I, I think to get anything similar to a Potter season this time around would be an absolutely incredible achievement um, by Russell Martin. I think, realistically, we have to be prepared for a season where we are significantly further down the down the league table. Um, bottom half is, if I'm being honest, where I'm realistically thinking we will probably be for most of the season. Um, and if people expect, you know, oh, we've got Russell Martin in, fantastic this will flick a switch and we'll see some fantastic flowing attacking football i don't think it's going to be that easy with with this squad i think we have to have an understanding that it's it's not going to be a click your fingers job um and, and people you know have named people like martinez and rogers and 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 potter over the last few days these were all fantastic managers um and i i, I think it's actually slightly unfair possibly on martin to, to make those kind of comparisons before he's even started. Perhaps they were similar in terms of philosophy, but but you really are comparing him there with fantastic managers who achieved, you know, quite a lot at this club, um, um, albeit in some of those cases in, in a short, you know, short tenures. Um, I, I think, re- you know, to, to make comparisons from the off with... with um, um, the Potter season, even though they're very well intentioned and the point is, you know, we're not prioritising results, etc. I think actually we, we shouldn't be discussing previous managers when comparing to Russell Martin because he's actually inheriting a much more difficult um, situation than I think any of those were. And, and you know, each of them had complicated um, situations to deal with. But I, I, I think when you look at the problems that Martin's having to inherit, the lack of preparation time as well, going into his um, first season at the Liberty, I think I think comparisons with previous popular managers are probably inadvertently um, just setting expectations a bit too high. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I, I just it, it sits a little bit uneasily with me and kind of sets him up for a fall, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we just, like I said, the, the realism of it, I just don't think we've got the players that, 
that we had, you know, under Graham Porter, for example, we were still coming down. There were still, you know, some some good players that hadn't, hadn't left the club. And obviously we brought through some some youngsters that certainly by the end of the season were, were top players, really. So, you know, I, I don't think that's the case this time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking when like a season like that would be <laughs> brilliant, really, wouldn't it? But I can't see us finishing as high as we did there or things just clicking in general, really. I, I do think there's going to be a lot more, you know, kicks in the guts rather than, you know, things panning out well for us, really. But I think it's just one of those things where we're, we're just going to have to take, really, at this moment in time. So my expectations are certainly lower than uh, than that. I think that would probably be the best that we could hope for, but it's certainly not something I'm expecting. I mean, things may, may change by the end mm. of the month if we bring in maybe five players that are going to start and then the team looks completely different. I mean... You know, we could be talking about something different then. Um, but I think as things stand, we've got a manager that needs to be needs time to be able to get his message across. And we're looking at, I would say, the weakest Swansea side since the League One days. I think the Martinez team that won League One would would beat this lot quite convincingly. So, you know, it's a long time since I would say we've we've been this week. So we we really have just got to be patient with it. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, I mean, who knows? We could we could have a really fantastic start to the season as as Cooper did when he when he took over and that kind of changed expectations with him um, overnight. Um, but but I just think with the lack of preparation time and like you said that the problems with the squad, I think we need to set the bar quite low um, to start the season. And and I'm I'm genuinely fascinated as I as excited as I am by by um, Martin and you know his philosophy and his values um, and and what he's achieved already in in his young career. I'm also fascinated at the same time to see how our fans react and whether um, you know they they actually practice what they preach um, if. Um, things don't go off to a great start with him, and if it takes quite a long time to to implement positive steps, um, it's it's going to be interesting. But I mean, Russell Martin, um, I think he's got a lot of the fans on side already. He is a very popular choice um, to take over from uh, uh, from Steve Cooper, and we're all just hoping that um, that he can settle in at, at Swansea and um, and have have a great time here and, and bring us success and enjoyment. Um, so good luck, Russell. Um, before we go on to discuss uh, the upcoming season, there's just one bit of transfer news that uh, we need to discuss very quickly, and that is um, the fact that George Byers looks to be um, leaving Steve. Um, he's been here for quite a number of years, joined uh, as a youngster from Watford, um, took his time to break into the first team, but uh, did it under Potter, um, but but never had the same kind of... Um, Consistency and uh, and um, ne- never looked quite as impressive under under Cooper. Went out on loan to to Portsmouth, of course, uh, and now seems to be on his way to Sheffield Wednesday. Are you surprised that he's leaving, and are, are you disappointed that he's leaving? Um, it's a bit of a weird one, really, because obviously he was injured last season and then went out on loan because I suppose we were doing well, weren't we? And then when you're doing well and you've been injured, it's it can quite often be difficult to get in the team. But um, I think from from my point of view, I mean, we're, we're quite short of players at the moment. So, you know, I, I don't really think we should be getting rid of him. Certainly, well, it's because it's it sounds like he's, he'd be going on a free. I mean, and, and I do think with Byers that there is a player in there. I think, if I'm honest, he was far better under Graham Porter than he was under Steve Cooper, which isn't, uh, you know, it's not the only player that I'd probably say that about. So, yeah, I, I think Byers maybe 
I would have been up for him staying, and he may not have gotten the team or anything. But I mean, you, you were talking earlier, really, when we were um, midfielders, and that seems to be a weak area of the team, and we're low on numbers. So I think Byers would have had a, a genuine chance of starting another weekend, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, if he's going, I think you know, it's I think it is a little bit of a shame at, at this stage. But you know, we, we've got to be bringing players in, really, haven't we? I think that's the the way to look at it. But um, I think I. I would have kept him ideally. Yeah, I, I, I think he, it would have been worth keeping him just for a little while, just to see, you know, first couple of weeks what he's got to offer on the training ground and and possibly, you know, in games such as the League Cup match next week against Reading, see, you know, how he fits into um, the new the new way of doing things. Um, because we've seen in the past that he is capable of of doing well in a team that plays good football. Um, and I probably suggest that going to Portsmouth, what didn't perhaps suit his strength as much as, say, had he gone to an, a, a team that played a bit more football. Um, so, you know, it. I, I think if he if he goes to um, West Brom, uh, sorry, West Brom, Sheffield Wednesday, he's going to be under a good manager there in Darren Moore, who who does enjoy playing. Um, Paul Cook now, isn't it? Is he the Sheffield Wednesday manager? No, uh, Paul so Cook is it? Ipswich, isn't it? Yeah, who is the Sheffield Wednesday manager? It's, it's, it's Darren Moore, isn't it? It is Darren Moore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, think, I was thinking, I think I was getting confused with all these bloody managerial changes. Uh, it, it is mad, isn't it? It's tough to keep up. Um, but I, yeah, I, I really hope it works out for him because I, I think he's a he's a decent footballer, um, and um, I think he's definitely got what it takes to to be a you know a decent Championship midfielder. Um, so he leaves with our best wishes, and hopefully, you know, he'll he'll do well um, in in if, if in the rest of his career. Um, so we know that Byers isn't going to be uh, going up to Ewood Park uh, on the weekend, but the Swans are, and they're taking uh, an away following with them, um, Steve. I mean, this is going to be a blast from the past now. There's actually going to be a way end there. Yes, and I will be in it, and I cannot wait. Um, are you going or not? I can't, unfortunately. I mean, waiting all this time to to go to an away game, and I can't go yet. I'm 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 eyeballing the uh, Bristol City one um, in in a couple of weeks' time. That that that's the one that I'm. I was hoping to go Ewood Park, but um, I'm uh, looking at Bristol City instead, and I went. Uh, I'll be jealously following it from home. But um, I mean, what are the things that you've missed from away day that you're hoping to to rediscover on Saturday? Uh, the come on city man, that is my uh, my first thing. No, I'm, I think it's just going to be just a, a really good, you know, thing to to be back at the football. I mean, there's there's nine of us going up to Liverpool for a couple of nights. I think, you know, the the banter will be flowing as well as a uh, you know a good few drinks and just just to, to be with my mates again, really. And you know, I think then we'll we'll probably get to Blackburn quite early. We'll be in the pub, seeing all the familiar faces, singing the songs. Um, and then just being in like a packed away end again. I think just all those those little things that that buzz before kickoff, where you know the excitement of of what could happen. Even though I know we're, we're saying we're not expectations are low, but you know as a fan you always dreamed on you that uh, things could go well on the day. So you know I think everyone that's going will will be massively up for it. I mean it's, I think it's a shame really that the, the, there's no buses from the travel club. I'm not really sure why. That is, I'm sure it's linked to the pandemic, maybe because it's not completely confirmed that restrictions are going to end on Saturday yet. Maybe it's, it's down to that or something. But I, th- I think we would have taken more people then again if uh, you know, there were buses running. So I think that's a shame. But I think everyone going will be massively up for it, obviously. It's been such a long time, hasn't it? So, you know, and it is a fair trek, but 
a lot more will go there probably than them normally would. And if I'm honest, I'm quite pleased that where we've got uh, an away game where it's a team that maybe is a bit further than what a lot of people would usually go to because you get people that make more of an effort for an opening day. Whereas, as you, you're talking about the Bristol City game, I mean, if we had them on the opening day, I mean, loads of people have bought a ticket, but we always take loads there anyway. So it's, it would like spoil what is a, usually a decent one anyway. So now it makes one that if it was in December, which wouldn't be good because it's, it's in August, it'll actually be quite a good one, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, my my only time, uh, my only previous visit to Blackburn was in our first Premier League season when um, a match which um, nobody who went there will ever, ever forget, unfortunately. It was uh, 4-2 defeat, uh, red card for Joe Allen and Yakubu scored all four goals for for Blackburn. Um, Steve Keane was the manager and I've never, ever seen a home crowd so unhappy to see their team win because they were just they they were so miserable. Um, it was. Do you remember was, he came on the big screen after one of the goals and they even booed him then? Yeah, they were they were genuinely. I, I genuinely think they were disappointed to win that game um, because they wanted Steve Keen and and Venkies to to leave. Um, I, I there is something very difficult about losing to a team that doesn't want to win. Um, that was a that was a mis- There weren't too many genuinely miserable days out um, in in our first season in the Premier League, but that was an awful one. That really wasn't um, that wasn't any fun at all. Um, one interesting thing, of course, as well, is that these days we've got a very very good opening day record. Um, our last um, defeat on the opening day of the season um, came against Manchester United at the Liberty uh, under Michael Audrup, which was back in what two thousand thirteen fourteen. Um, since then, we well beat Manchester United. Um, the following season, we uh, drew two all against um, Chelsea. Uh, we beat Bur- uh, Burnley away at Turf Moor. Then um, our final Premier League season, drew one all against Southampton. First game back in the Championship, we we beat Sheffield United two one. Um, under Steve Cooper, his first game we won two one against Hull, and of course last season we won one 0 against Preston. So actually, Steve, we have an absolutely incredible opening day record um, um, these days Um, and on top of that Blackburn's opening day record is absolutely appalling (laughs) the last time they won on the opening day was all the way back in 2010 when they won uh, 1-0 against Everton and their team that day well was managed by Sam Aldice Included players like Morton Gams Pedersen, Michel Salgado, um, El Hajj Diouf, um, Stephen and Zonzi. So you're talking about a team that hasn't won on the opening day for more than a decade. Um, does that kind of stat like make you any more confident going into it? Um, sometimes those stats make me feel worse, and um, I think this might be a case of uh, of that. Really, um, it's a strange one actually with Blackburn, isn't it? This. I suppose it's one of those strange anomalies, but it's interesting, isn't it? Like you say, there that our open day record has has improved so um, so dramatically. Really, I think there's some like five wins in the last seven, and the other two are, are draws. Really, aren't they? So, and I mean, before that that game with United, where the games are pasted. I mean, the year before we did beat QPR. Yeah. But I think in that time before, it was something like six defeats on the trot on the opening day. It, it so, was awful before that. I mean. Yeah. We- you know, we just could not win on the opening day of the season. We'd yeah, often play really we well. We won the first game at the Liberty, didn't we, in 2005? Um, and I think from then until 2012, there were just defeats on the opening day, weren't there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you're right. They were defeats. They weren't even like 
draws, we, we always lost. We lost to Cheltenham. Uh, we lost to Oldham. Everybody remembers the Oldham defeat. Um, bizarre game that was. Uh, we lost to Charlton uh, in our first game of the Championship. Um, first game under Sousa, we lost away at Leicester. And then first game under Rodgers, we lost away at Hull. And then, of course, first game in the Premier League, we lost away at, at Man City. It didn't help, of course, that most of those games were away from home. Um, I think it's fair yeah, to say. Yeah, there weren't many goals from us in those games either, were there? No, not really. We scored against uh, against Oldham. Um, and Cheltenham, oh, we did, didn't we? And Leicester. Yes, we did. We took the lead. Uh, we took the lead against Leicester. I think that's the only game in which we actually took the lead. Um, yeah, the Leicester game I remember being quite remarkable because we scored from a corner, which obviously is a collector's item, and it's also the only game that Doris de Vries saved the penalty. Yeah, very good. Lost. Very good keeper, not a very good um, penalty stopper. Um, yeah, that was um, yeah, that was that wasn't uh, that wasn't a great start to the season. But these days, of course, we we do you know tend to do very well at the start of the season, and um, I think more so if I'm being honest from a Blackburn point of view, I'm hoping that that kind of record um, you know has some kind of bearing because you know that those players are used to um, losing on the opening day of the season um and and for you know a lot of those games tony mowbray has been their manager so is it something in his managerial style i don't know um you know but i just wonder if there's a little something there that'll just you know give us j- just shifting slightly in our in our favor um uh, more in our favor than perhaps um because of something like that but i mean other than that, what, what are you expecting from Blackburn? Um, because, you know, they, they had a, a strange season last year, um, really. They, they finished 15th, which I think was pretty disappointing when you look at the squad that they had at their disposal. They had Adam Armstrong in the team, scored 28 goals. Uh, he was the, excluding penalties, he was the league's top scorer. Um So to finish 15th in the league, and they had other, you know, really good attacking talents... You know, it wasn't the best of seasons, and and actually, there were quite a lot of fans who were starting to consider, you know, whether Tony Mowbray should should still be should still be at the club. Um, are you surprised that he is still there? Um, I mean, these days, don't know, you quite often see managers change if they think it's gone stale, and it, maybe that is the case. But I suppose we're in these COVID times at the moment, aren't we? So. You know, maybe money's a bit tighter and they've decided uh, that they don't want to make a change at this stage. I mean, I think you have got a point, really, with, with Blackburn. I mean, they've, they've got Adam Armstrong in there, who's, you know, a, a prolific goal scorer. And then there's the likes of Bradley Dack and always had a couple of injury issues. But they've they have got, an, you know, some good players. They had Harvey Elliott, I think, last season, didn't they, as well, from Liverpool on loan. And he's, uh, you know, he's got the makings of a, a good player. He's very dangerous at this level. So I think they probably will be frustrated. I mean... If you look at Mowbray's teams in general, they are usually quite easy on the eye, aren't they? Quite attacking, and maybe they leave themselves a little bit too open then defensively. But, um, you know, I think they, they probably should be a bit disappointed. And, yeah, but at the same time, they're a side that, you know, on their day, you can really can beat anybody, which is typical of this division, really, isn't it? So I'm definitely not expecting a, an easy game on, uh, on Saturday. No, absolutely not. They've also got um, uh, Ben Berriton, who's... Uh, 
become the uh, the kind of Chilean um, the Chilean Gareth Bale over the summer after you know <laughs> um, declaring for for Chile. I think his mother's um, uh, from Chile. Um, played in the uh, Copa America, scored the winning goal against Bolivia, and now he's uh, fronting Pepsi adverts in South America, which is um, which is just brilliant. Um, <laughs> that's the kind of thing you love in football, isn't it? Um, I mean, they they did finish the season quite strongly. Um, Blackburn won three of the last five games. Um, that after a pretty disappointing second half of the season on the whole. Um, but you know, you said there that that things may have gone a little bit stale um, at the club uh, and under Mowbray, and and they haven't made any signings this summer, which which is strange, even in this climate where there's not much money floating around. They haven't so much as brought in a lone player. Um, you know. It, it, it are you surprised by that? And because we, you know, even teams who, uh, you know, don't don't have much money to spend, they usually at least bring in somebody just to freshen up the squad. Um, it's very unusual to see a team just go in with pretty much the same squad as the previous season. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think a lot of clubs, mind you, haven't been very active um, this summer so far. I mean, you quite often get it, don't you? Like with the Euros. Um, that tends to hold up deals, and then you, maybe you get a situation where clubs in the Prem have not done their business yet, so they're not sure who they can loan out because I can't remember many loans going to places either, really. So maybe that is you know playing a part at this stage. I mean, you know, um, the Swans, for example, haven't signed anyone on loan yet, have they? And that was that's been our forte really over the last couple of years. So you know, I I think it is surprising, but it would be a big surprise, wouldn't it, if nothing comes in at all, really? I mean. Do you remember when Spurs did it, did they, about three or four years ago? They, nobody came in and you're just completely baffled, really, by how a team would go through an entire window without bringing someone in. But, um, yeah, I, I do think it could just be a case of things are just taking a little while to to get going. I think I think we will see things happen. The other thing that could be with Blackburn is they may arguably be looking at Armstrong and thinking, well, obviously, we, we would like you to stay, but they could be thinking, well, is someone going to come in and, and make a good offer for him? And they'll reinvest that then into other areas. You don't know, do sometimes clubs are looking at it like that. They're thinking, well, to, to rebuild the, the team, you want to sell somebody. But obviously, we're not really seeing clubs in the Premier spending money. I mean, Crystal Palace are a rare one. Obviously, Mark Way is, is one of them. We wish him well, of course. Um, but we're not seeing the other teams buying him. You look at someone like Everton, they brought in Andros Townsend on a free and Damari Gray for about one and a half million. And they've obviously got a very. Uh, Rich owner, I know some of the, the top sides obviously have, have brought players in, but I think it's we're just seeing really in these COVID times the the effect it's had on finances, and we're not seeing a lot of clubs making any moves at this stage, and we we may still be waiting for for things to to kick off right to, at the end of the window. Yeah, um, and on that note, um, I mean, can I uh, can I ask you for a prediction, please? Um, do you think that we're going to get the new manager bounce that we're hoping for here and uh, keep keep up a fantastic opening day record? Um, no, but uh, my predictions are quite often wrong, so everyone should be quite reassured. Um, I'm going to say a two 0 Blackburn win. I think. It's going to be a difficult one. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, I remember when Rogers took the, the Swans job, he came in quite late in the day. And I remember that game at Hull that we were just talking about on the opening day. And we, we did just look a little bit short, like as if we maybe had started pre-season after everybody else. And, you know, I, I think it's it's going to be a tough ask to, you know, get certainly to get a win at, um, at the weekend. Stranger things have happened, but 
you know, it's it's been quite an unsettling time for the club, hasn't it? We've got a new manager in now at last. But, um, you know, to hit the ground running, not really seeing it. Um, if we get a point, I won't be moaning. But uh, one thing I do really want is a meaningful goal. I want to be in a proper goal celebration again. It's uh, been far too long. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it, that that's the main thing we all miss, isn't it? That is the main thing we all miss. Um, from my point of view, I'm going to say uh, a one-all draw, um, sitting on the fence. Um, it, it may be similar to the one-all draw that we had there last season, where we just kind of hold on a bit and um, have to, you know, dig in. But um, hopefully, we'll uh, we'll we'll get a, a solid away point to uh, to kick off the season. I think that that'll. Uh, Maybe settle a few of the nerves. Um, well, Matt, we did ask him for a prediction beforehand, and uh, he's gone with a, a two-one win uh, for the Swans. Um, so between us, I mean, we've got quite a quite a mix of uh, of predictions there. Uh, I'm hoping that Matt is right, um, and then we we can uh, kick the season off uh, with with a victory. Um, I mean, looking ahead to the rest of the season, Steve. We've spoken a little bit about expectations. Where do you think the Swans are going to end up this season? And, and what, why do you think that? Um, I'm going to go with a prediction of 16th. Um, I just think it's going to be really tough. I mean, we don't have the players that we've had before. You know, we're looking at a more of a long-term plan. We're going to implement the new style. Teething problems come with that. Um, so yeah, as, as things stand, I do think we're going to find it quite tough, but I do think we'll improve as the season goes on and longer term things are looking good. But I think in the short term where, you know, things maybe are not going to pan out as we'd like, but at the same time, these predictions are often wrong. And also we're, we're making them before the window is shut quite often. Once the window is shut, things look different. So mm. it's, it's difficult. I always think to make predictions at this stage, but as things stand, I, I do think we're looking at bottom half. Uh, you know, I, I can't really look at it in any other way in terms of what we've what we've got at this moment. As, as I said, scoring goals looks a big problem for us. I do think people are going to come in and they're going to help out. But as things stand, I mean, we're, we're not going to score many goals. So that's what concerns me. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you there. Um, I, I'm, I'm thinking around about 16, something like that. Uh, I'd like to think that we can avoid getting seriously dragged into a relegation battle uh, and, and hang around lower mid-table. But I'm struggling to see at the moment um, how we finish higher than that with the squad that we've got at the moment and the, and the lack of preparation time for, for Martin. Um, I think this season could be a real bumpy ride. I think we're going to have a lot of frustrations. Um, I'm hoping that we will see you know positivity as well and, and see a, a style develop as we go along. But I think it, it's going to be um that, that it, it could be a season where there are more misses than hits um I, I think we will struggle to score goals just i just don't see the creativity in the team i mean the one caveat here is if we do make a couple of exciting loan signings before the end of the window i i, I may you know feel that that we you know are, are capable of finishing much higher than that um you know we've we've seen sometimes that just one really good signing um can, can just change everything for a, for a team and, and, and just make things click. Um, I, I mean, if we can find a really good number 10 from somewhere, I think that would make a massive difference to this team. Um, but at, at the moment, I'm just thinking we're, we're just a little bit short in too many areas um, to, to get close to what we've achieved over the last um, 
last two seasons in terms of league finishes. And uh, as I said earlier, I think even, you know, the the kind of pot the season that everybody's been discussing a lot where, you know, we don't we don't really challenge seriously for for the top six, um, but but play a lot of fantastic football. I think that's asking a bit too much at the moment. I think we're probably going to struggle for wins. I think there are going to be some barren spells and um I don't think it's going to be the most enjoyable seasons, if I'm being honest. I, th- I think it's going to, to be um, a, a tough one at times. And um, the, the, uh, yeah, that, that's unfortunately how I see it. I, I'm hoping I'm wrong and that we have um, a, a bit more to, you know, to get excited about results-wise. And we, we do find a way of winning matches as well as um, developing a, a decent style of play. But um, that's how I see it at the moment. And in terms of the rest of the championship, Steve, let's have a quick chat because you said that, that there's one of the key, one of the obvious things is that there have not been many um, signings in, in this uh, in this window. Transfer activity in the championship at the minimum, not much money being spent apart from the odd club who, who are spending big, big like Fulham, etc., um, Stoke is starting to spend a bit more money of, of the teams who were in the Championship last season. Um, but generally, it's been a quiet um, summer, um, the second summer in a row, really, that's, that's been like that. Um, you, you know, it, is that, do, what, how, well, what effect do you think that's going to have on, on the league season this year? Um, you're sort of looking at similarities to last year, I think, aren't you? Where I think maybe the teams that have come down have probably got, you know, quite a big advantage over the rest of us. I mean, you know, we're looking at Fulham, are we spending 12 million on, on Harry Wilson, for example? There's not many other teams in this division that can do that, are there? So, you know, money's just tighter. I think people have just got to be a little bit cleverer with it in general, apart from those ones that obviously have got a few quid. And I mean, again, I don't think many of those, the, the relegated clubs have, have lost many players, really, have they? So, they they've got a big chance. I mean, I think it'd be a big surprise if the likes of Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield United didn't finish in the top six. I mean, you look at last season, Norwich and Watford went straight back in the top two. Bournemouth finished in the playoffs. You know, they, I can see similar things happening again. I mean, you you look at someone like Bournemouth. Like I said, they're still on the parachute money. Again, you 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 think they've got you know a pretty good chance. I would say of finishing in that top six. So I think it is going to be difficult for. For a lot of other clubs, really. I mean, as you say, Stoke are spending a bit of money, which they've done since they've come down. It's not really had much of an effect of it. So, yeah, it's you, you always get someone that's a bit of a surprise package. I mean, Barnsley, to be fair, did, did really well last year, didn't they, to, to get themselves into the playoffs? But I think you are looking just at a more predictable league, really, aren't you? I mean, obviously, I'm sure Derby will get discussed, but obviously, they've got a lot of issues, I think. Again, you've, you've really got to fancy them for relegation, haven't you? It's going to be a big effort from them if they. They don't go down. Um, the, and the ones that have come up, I mean, Hull obviously struggled very badly last time they were in this league, went on a shocking run. I mean, they could well struggle again, for example. I think Peterborough, obviously, they've got you know quite a prolific goal scorer. So they may be okay. I always think with Peterborough, they seem to have a philosophy and they've always bought well and then sold and reinvested. So I think they, they may be okay, for example. But I, I don't see a, a great deal of of shocks. I know this league can be quite unpredictable, but last year it wasn't hugely unpredictable. And, you know, I don't really see a shock team going for that top two. I think it's mainly going to be between the sides that went down last year, really. 
Yeah, I, I think they're going to be quite strong. I'm, I'm particularly looking at Sheffield United and Fulham. I mean, Sheffield United, you look at some of the players they've got, they're players who've done very, very well in the, in the Championship, a lot of them very, very young. Um, and they've got Slavisha Jokanovic as manager, who, you know, is, is basically a cheat, a cheat code in the Championship, isn't he? Um, Fulham, too, spending that kind of money. Um, they, they, they've got a decent squad as well. Uh, I actually, I'm not sure what to think about West Brom coming down. Um, I don't think they had the best of squads going up to the Premier League. Um, and they've got Valerian Ismail there now, who obviously did a brilliant job at Barnsley. Um, I'm just intrigued to see what kind of football he plays at, at West Brom. Um, if he tries to play the Barnsley style of play, I'm not sure it, it'll really suit that West Brom squad. Um Fully, if I'm being honest, and I, I'm not sure if if that's uh, a signing which which propels West Brom into the top two uh, spots. Although you know, I I'd expect them to be in the top six along with the likes of perhaps Bournemouth, um, maybe Stoke. Uh, they've spent a bit of money, and and I I like Michael O'Neill as a manager. Um, Borough have bought well, maybe an outsider like QPR. Um, but like you said, it, it's the top three that you're looking at who are, you know, standout candidates. And, and look at the bottom end of the table. Unfortunately, the Buckies don't take money on Derby to be relegated because if it, if they did, I think I think if I'm being honest, it would be easy money. Um, they are looking in an absolute mess, and unless things get sorted out there quickly, they're bound to get relegated. Surely, surely, um, an absolute train wreck of a club at the moment. Um, the other two, Joe, you know I've just realised the three that I've picked to go down. None of them are um, the promoted teams. Um, I don't think I don't expect any of the promoted teams to, you know, have sensational seasons. But I I kind of see opportunities for all three of them to stay up. So uh, along with Derby, I've gone for Bristol City, who didn't have a good season last year. Um, they've got Nigel Pearson at the, at the helm, who is just about the most unpredictable manager that you could that you can have there. And I'm not sure if he's the ideal man really for, for Bristol City in their current state. Um, a brave man predicting that though. If he gets wind of that, oof, God help Yeah, that. he's only a, he's only across the Bristol Channel. He can he, he can run you very quickly to, to get hold of me. Um I I, I yeah, I I'm I'm not a big fan of Nigel Pearson. I've said it before. Um he he is gonna murder me in my sleep um after saying that. Uh, <laughs> but um They've they've lost some players too over the summer. Um, I I just think they they look like a team that could struggle this season. Um, I don't I don't see many characters in that squad who are gonna um, thrive under Pearson's style of um, of man management. Um, I think I think they're at, at serious risk of going down. Um, and the other one I've gone for is Preston, um, just because they've appointed their caretaker as manager. That tends not to end well um and their squad isn't the strongest um it, i i think it's a bit of a stretch if i'm being honest with Preston to go down but they're a bit of an outside shot and i, th- I just think there are so many clubs who could go down this season it's it really just could go either way for for so many sides um this season it's difficult to say. I think I think it's an unpredictable season um, at the bottom end of the table, and I actually think it's it's a less predictable season at the top end um, than it was last year. I think we all said a year ago when um, uh, the likes of Watford and um, uh, and Norwich and um, Bournemouth were dropping down that they were all likely to be 
right in the mix to go up and and it was difficult to see which teams who were already in the championship could could really compete against them other than possibly Brentford and and that's how it turned out really that those three well two of those two three teams anyway um really just went up pretty easily in the end just based on individual quality uh, in the case of of Watford for the most part um I think the likes of Sheffield United Fulham and and uh, West Brom are going to have a little bit more uh, of a tough time, I think, this time around. Um, yeah, I don't think they've got the same quality coming down from the Premier League as the as the three who came down the previous season. But um, but there we go. I mean, Steve. Well, we we discussed it earlier. Um, it's it's going to be, I think, a tougher season for the Swans. I think that that's the feeling, isn't it? Um, but at the same time, you know, you start the season any season I think there is just this sense of excitement and hope and that that theory that actually you don't know what's going to happen do you I think that's the beauty of football really isn't it I mean we're we're all here giving these predictions but we could look like absolute idiots You'd, you really don't know I mean I, I buy the the 442 uh prediction like uh, magazine every year and there's there's always tons of you know um mistakes on it but that's the beauty of football I mean we don't want it to be predictable I mean I think the big thing for this season will be. I think it. By the way, by the way, Steve. Before you go any further, I actually uh, contributed to the four four two predictions this season. Like, please do not have a go with me. Like these were written weeks ago, <laughs> and they. Yeah, I've um, I've done it with them before. And they ask you at the end of June, don't they? Yeah, I, and they 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 were my my I I mean basically I said. Um, Matt Grimes was going to be a key player for us or something like that. Um, Steve Cooper. You know the fact I was writing it, thinking that Steve Cooper was going to stay, etc. It's yeah, it's it's. There are a couple of predictions there that look pretty stupid. Now, if they've um, if they've yeah, print- if it makes you feel any better, the year that we had um, Clement going into his full first full season in charge, when I wrote them, um, we had just signed Tammy Abraham, Lorente was still here, Sigurdsson was still here, and I think I predicted something like twelfth. <laughs> obviously. Things changed pretty dramatically, and after those two had gone, I was then definitely thinking, uh, "Well, we're going to be in the relegation scrap again." For some yeah. it's, it's very hard, isn't it? But I'll, I will have to plug this as well because I'm actually interviewed in four four two this month. So, yeah, I'll have a look. It's all just stuff like uh, best and worst memories of the Swans, best best and worst players, haircuts, away days, etc. So, yeah, it should be worth uh, worth a read. I think. There we go. Buy four four two, but skip the Swans um, predictions uh, in that in that section of the magazine. Just read Steve's interview. That's you're safer that way. Um, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Um, it's been great to have you know the buzz of a new manager to discuss, and obviously looking forward to uh, the start of a new season. Um, we'll uh, hopefully be recording another podcast next week, looking back at the Blackburn game, looking ahead to the first um, well first proper game back at the uh, at the Liberty with a decent-sized crowd uh, against Sheffield United. So um, hopefully you'll be able to join us uh, then. And hopefully, I say this every single time, hopefully we'll have a Swans win to discuss. But until then, thank you very much for listening. <laughs>